What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kind of Neat. Thank you guys for following along as always. I'm sorry for the extended hiatus. Sometimes shit just happens. So it's been almost a month since I've talked to you guys, uh, and I just want to let you know that if you go to www.patreon.com slash kind of neat, if you are a loyal listener, and I always say this, but only if you're a loyal listener, if this is your first time tuning in, do not do this. But if you are a loyal listener who enjoys this show and you listen weekly, I'm asking you to help us out. Just go there to patreon.com slash kind of neat and pledge like a dollar or two dollars per episode. And then every time we put out an episode, uh, you help us pay the rent a little bit. And, you know, like I said, at most, we only do four episodes a month. So, you know, buy me a coffee, buy me a beer. That's essentially what you're doing. Thank you guys who have been supporting. I appreciate it. All right, let's get into it. One thing that I have noticed about myself in the last month since I've spoken to you is that even though I am sometimes an amoral person or immoral person, I don't know the proper uh, enunciation or spelling, amoral, I don't know, immoral. Sometimes I'm a piece of shit is what I'm getting at. I think that overall I'm a good person. And these are three stories that are going to explain why I think I'm a good person. I know that uh, most of the time in my life, I'm trying to make decisions that will most positively benefit me. But this month, I've noticed a few things that have made me think perhaps I'm helping. I'm, I'm like making decisions that will benefit strangers as well, which seems nice. All right. So this is the first story. A couple weeks ago. I just hear, I live on a busy street. I live on Motor Ave in, in LA. You guys can come find me, just shout out uh, outside of the window and I'll probably hear you. But I live on a loud street and there's quite a few homeless gentlemen that are in and out of the neighborhood. But the thing is that I know these guys, like I know I've been living in the same apartment for, for like six years now. And so I know the same dudes that are in the neighborhood all the time, you know, shout out to the homie smooth. Like I always see him. We talk about the Dodgers and the Clippers, et cetera, et cetera. Like I know the guys that are in the neighborhood frequently. A few weeks ago, there was a dude that came that I just hear like this screaming outside um, he's just like yelling and having a clear argument with himself. Um, like it was, it was a dude having some kind of, you know, a, a lapse, some sort of mental thing was going on. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but I just hear him screaming and cursing. And I walked to my bathroom window cause that's the one that faces the street and I can like clearly hear him. And now my first reaction would usually be like to yell, shut the fuck up. And then if it gets bad enough, I would like I'm like this is such an old white dude thing of me but like I'll call the cops cuz like I'm not going to go downstairs like who knows what the fuck but for some reason this time I decided to like take a different approach and so I just went out the window I said hey and he's like stop all of a sudden like stop screaming and I'm like and he's like huh huh and I said hey man do you need help and he's like huh yeah oh uh, yeah like he was kind of in this mode of like almost grunting and groaning like his words. He was in a lot of pain. Uh, and I was like, look, man, do you need help? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, do you need an ambulance? He's like, no, 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 not an ambulance. He's like, I just need water. Do you have water? And I'm like, yeah, give me a second and I'll come down. And so at this point in my head, I'm thinking like, all right, like the, this is the chicken little fucking paranoid like um, shit that – the media would have you think like, oh, everything's dangerous. Like my first instinct was like, should I take a baseball bat down with this water? How fucked up is that? I think that's super fucked up that that was my first thought of should I is should I uh, take a baseball bat down? I did not. I just took a bottle of water and 
I go downstairs and there's a, a homeless gentleman who's like probably in his mid to late forties and he's fucking beat up, dude. Like he, he, um, there was something going on with his arm where his arm, his right arm was like completely swollen. And as, as if it had been like, just like somebody just put it in a fire or something like his, his skin was so swollen up and, and like one giant blister and he couldn't move it. And his, his hand was, his right hand was probably double the size of his left hand. And so, you know, I get down there and I start talking to him and I just say, Hey, are you okay? You know, do you need help? And he's like, I just need water. I just need water. Okay. I gave him the water. He's like, can you open it for me? So I open it for him and I give it to him and I'm like, yo, what's wrong with your arm? He's like, Oh, f- uh, fire. And I'm like, fuck dude, Jesus Christ. I'm like, have you been to a hospital? He's like, I don't want to go to a hospital. They'll just lock me up. I'm like, okay. So then we will not call an ambulance. And, um, you know, I ask him his name and I can't remember what his name is now. Mind you, this is at about one in the morning. So this is like, I was already on my way to bed pretty much, but I'm like, look, dude, is there anything else that you need? And, uh, other than water, it was, and it was at the time when LA was like really fucking cold for a few nights. And this is one of those nights. So it might've been more than a month ago. Um, but he's like, yeah, do you have any shoes? I looked down at his shoes and his shoes are fucked. He's got mismatching shoes like one's a new balance and one's like a fucking croc or something and like there's like no his late there's no laces his feet are fucking swollen and i'm like i actually do have a shit ton of shoes so i was just like yeah what size are your feet and he's like a 12 and i'm like well look i wear an 11 and a half what's up ladies i wear an 11 and a half is that okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. So I go upstairs and I grab him this pair of Vans that was still in pretty good condition, but that I just don't wear that frequently. And I saw that his feet were swollen. So like I fucking, I'm like, yo, do you need me to take the laces out? He's like, yeah, yeah. And so I like take the laces out, pull them out. And at this point he's like, can you help me put them on? Everybody has a little bit of germaphobe in them. And so again, this is like another guilty thought of like, oh God, I'm going to have to fucking touch this guy's feet. Like that's terrifying. But regardless, I was like, all right, I'm already in it. I'm just going to do it. So I like lift his foot up, fucking jam it in the shoe and then do the same thing for the other one. And, um, I was like, all right, look, there you go. You know, you got some new shoes. Is there anything else I can get you? Cause at this point I'm feeling like I have a bond with the dude. He's like asking me like, Oh, you know, what's your name? And I said, my name's Lee. He's like, Oh, that's a good name. That's a good name. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks man. And he's telling me about how he had been in the military and et cetera, et cetera. And he's usually lives in long beach, but for some reason he's on motor Avenue that day. And so I was like, look, I have a whole closet full of shit that I'm about to go, um, you know, sell to, to, um, crossroads or whatever. So I was like, do you need pants? And he's like, yeah, I'll take pants. I'm like, you know, I probably have a sweatshirt and he's like, yeah, I'll take a sweatshirt. And I gave him an old wool hat too. And so it was cause it was real cold out that night. So he's like, Oh, do you have any bags? So I brought, so I fucking brought a Ralph's bag. Basically I go upstairs, I grab a plastic Ralph's bag. I stuff some pants in it, or some like two pairs of jeans and I stuff uh, a sweatshirt in there. And then I take the wool hat down cause it's so cold. And he's like, yo, can you help me get the hat on my head? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I put the hat on his head and I'm like, all right, so look, here's the deal, man. I gave you all this stuff and like, I'm not tripping over the fact that like, if you, if you need to yell, you can yell. I was like, that's fine by me, but just please, like, I want to go to sleep. So just don't yell in front of my window. Like, he's like, well, do you know anywhere I can go sleep? 
And I'm like, I don't know any, I don't know anywhere that you can go sleep. That's not really my MO. But I was like, look, there's a fucking park bench down there that has cover from the rain. If it starts raining, cause it's a bus stop. I'm like, go sleep there. And he's like, I don't like sleeping on benches. So you're kind of picky. Um, but I was like, look, I'm trying to go to bed. So I gave you all this shit. So I just hope that like, even if you feel like compelled to yell, just walk down the street so I can't hear it. And he's like, all right, okay, cool, cool. And so I'm like, all right, good. And then, uh, so we part ways. I, I had brought him one extra bottle of water too. And then I go upstairs and I get ready to start going to bed. And then about five minutes later, I hear like back to the screaming. And I go, Hey, at this point, I'm like, kind of i'm like damn that's fucked up that he that he did me like that but i went hey and i said his name i can't remember his name and he's like yeah yeah and i'm like yo man i just gave you all them shoes and clothes and hat i'm like all i need all i want you to do is not yell in front of my window come on man follow play. i was like play along he's like, okay 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 sorry and then he like dipped out and that was the last I ever saw him. Never saw him in the neighborhood again. I probably won't ever. Sometimes we just get a random dude that ends up on the street in front of my apartment screaming. And so that was uh, issue number one. Issue number two that made me feel like a good person was uh, a couple weeks ago. I hear all of a sudden from down the street outside, I hear, let me ride that donkey, donkey, let me ride that donkey, donkey, let me ride. And I'm like, oh, shit, they bringing back the fucking 80s Miami base shit or like Atlanta base, wherever that's from. I was like, oh, shit, it's lit. Like somebody's cruising down the street listening to donkey. And I hadn't heard that song in forever. And I was I actually tweeted real quick. I was like, damn, somebody just cruised by playing donkey like my day is made. And um and then Donkey turned into another song, and I'm like, what the fuck? This car is just, like, parked here or something? Like, it was booming inside of my house. It was so fucking loud. Uh, and then another song plays. And then I realize somebody's singing along to these songs. And I, and I look out my window, and I can't see where the noise is coming from. But when I say that it's loud, it, it sounded like I had my own radio on inside of my apartment and was listening to the music that way. And I noticed somebody singing along. And so I go outside because I'm trying to figure it out. And when I go outside, half my neighborhood is outside trying to figure out, like, where the fuck is this loud-ass music coming from? It sounded like a damn street fair was going on or something. And it turns out that there was a dude across the street. I'm talking, like, a good city block away with a karaoke machine, like a, a, a big, like, I don't know, fucking 16 inch karaoke machine thing. And he's singing along and he's just wailing, singing along to fucking Whitney Houston. He's singing along to Sinead O'Connor. He's singing along to the most random eclectic mix of music. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, what in the fuck? And none of my neighbors could believe it. They're like, yo, can you believe this guy? And people are walking by on the street. Like the people walking next to him, their ears, their, uh, their ears must have just been blaring. Like it was so fucking loud. Um, I could hear it like it was inside. And so again, my old white guy reaction is like, should I call the cops? Cause this is clearly not tight. And I went, you know what, Lee, don't call the cops, go be a man and just be polite. And just ask him to turn it down. And I'm like, you know what? That seems like a good plan. So while everybody's kind of walking around and shaking their head and like, mind you, it wasn't like instantly that I got fed up. It was like going on for about 40 minutes before I got fed up because I was like, ah, he'll leave. Figuring it was just like a dude waiting for the next bus because he was at a bus stop across the street doing this. And after 40 minutes, you know, of me, and I'm in the middle of the day trying to write emails and shit. I'm like, this is too much. So 
I walk down again and still people are like, or cause I had already walked back upstairs and then I walk back downstairs. People are still kind of shaking their head. People walking by him are like fucking very perturbed people at the seven 11 that he was standing in front of. Like the workers are outside. Like what the fuck, you know? Um, so I just walk over to him. Uh, you know, I just walk across the street real confidently and I walk over to him and it's like a pretty young dude. It's like, uh, I would say he's like probably maybe between the age of 20 and 23 young, got his shirt off fucking music blaring and he's dancing and singing along. He did thriller at one point. Like he's doing all that shit, you know, screaming into the mic. And I think that he was like trying to get people to give him change. I'm not really sure. But I just walked over to him and I said, and, and like he kind of, he we made eye contact before I got real close to him. And I just kind of like gave him the head nod, like, what's up? And he was like, hey. And I was like, yo, man. And he like presses pause for a second. And I said, hey, man. I was like, yo, you, you could sing, dog. I could hear it. You have lungs and you can wail because I could hear that shit all the way in my apartment. And I was like, so here's the deal. I get it. You're out here trying to get your money. Like, do it do you but i was like just turn it down like halfway and i pointed out my apartment i said you see that apartment way over there and he's like yeah i was like dude it sounds like you're in the fucking room with me so if you could just do me this one personal favor of turning it down a little bit i think the whole neighborhood would be hyped on that and he was like oh oh man i'm sorry he's like you know what i'll, I'll take off don't worry about it. i said hey look you don't have to take off just like turn it down and um, he was like, all right, cool. And as by the time I'm walking across the street, he had turned it down. And then I took off to go grab a burrito or something. By the time I got back, he was gone. And so I feel like that was a good deed in that, like, you know, I feel like <laughs> I feel like a square would have called the cops and been like, yo, man, there's somebody with a noise violation. That would have really ruined that guy's week, month, year, whatever. If you just man up and go ask somebody politely, the the the. The moral of that story is that they will turn it down or they will leave. That was a good thing. Okay, this is my last story of the podcast before we get into my interview with Tommy Genesis. Yesterday, yesterday was Sunday. Yeah, today's Monday. Yesterday was Sunday. Uh, I was walking to my car uh, when I heard a dude like jog by me. It's this young kid. He's like huffing and puffing. He's maybe 19 or 20. He just, oh, fuck, like that, you know, and he passes me. He's coming from behind me, pause, and uh, and runs past me. And um, as he's running past, he has to jump over this bike that's on the ground. It's like kind of an old beat-up mountain bike. Um, it looked like it was kind of rusted out in spots and stuff like that. And uh, he jumps over, and then he very abruptly stops and turns around and walks back to the bike and looks down at it. And I already know what's going through his mind. The bike is clearly not locked. And somebody had just kind of like dropped it in a hurry and probably ran into an apartment or something. And um, he's looking down at it like, oh, shit, this is my bike. And uh, he looks at me because I'm like walking up on him at this point. And then he looks down at the bike. He looks back at me. And again, I give him my contact and a little head nod. And he pulls out an earbud. And I look at him and I say, hey, man, that ain't your fucking bike. Leave that shit alone. And he, like, looks all sad at me, puts his earbud back in, turns around and runs away. And you know what? He didn't touch that fucking bike. And that was my other good deed of the day. So those three things right there are what have made me feel like a good person. And sometimes you just need to feel like a good person. And so uh, go do a good deed for somebody. That's the, that's the moral of the story. Um, all right. Having said all that, 
Our guest today is Tommy Genesis. We had a really cool conversation. She's a very easy person to talk to. Um, interesting story. She's she's on Awful Records. You know, we've had Father on the show, um, so it's interesting. Not o- I mean, not only just to hear how they met and how she became part of the crew, but we get deep into like family life and what's like growing up into as a as a mixed kid in a in a mostly white area. And um, yeah, I don't know. This was an easy conversation. I think you guys will enjoy it and will become fans of hers. If you have not already become a fan of hers, uh, you will be after this podcast. So. Yeah, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Tommy Genesis. What's up? Like, how long have you been in L.A.? Let's start there. I've been in L.A. uh, for like three weeks-ish. Mm-hmm. Three weeks? But this is like how It's hard to say. I don't remember. How many times have you been out here, though? I mean, dozens. Nah, like I basically started this whole thing last July. That's when I released like my first kind of like music. But you had to have been doing stuff before that. That's not like this whole thing. Yeah, kind of like, yeah. I mean, of course, like I I grew up playing music. I was in a few different bands. I've always been writing and shit. Um, I'm kind of like an art freak kid. But like the iteration of Tommy Genesis that just started last summer? Yeah. I mean, basically, like if you want to get like as technical as I can get, because I told you before, I have like no concept of time. Like in October is when. Shout out Prince. Rest in peace. Mm. Yeah. Trying to make me so sad. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, so Octo- October, uh, la- okay, October last year, Fat Father. I call I call Father Fat. From here out, we will refer to Father as Fat, former kind of neat guest. Yeah, I mean, but call him Father if you don't know him, because I'm not trying to perpetuate a nickname that it's i think that's a very intimate nickname okay among so refer to him as father <laughs> okay i'll just say father so father came out uh to my city in october we made vamp then basically i didn't really know what was happening with the track we just hung out ate some vietnamese food had fun whatever like some kicked fun? it no it was uh, it was it's like it uh it's called look lack okay. it's like butter beef he was really into it that sounds amazing yes i mean i don't eat meat but he liked it mm-hmm. and uh then he released that track on um who's gonna get fucked first and i, I basically was the only feature not on well, that Apple. was his, that was his second project or was that is the one that just came out not the one that came out but the one before that the one, yeah okay. yeah so i mean i came out on that and then basically we like i really love father like we just connected as friends he's a really cool person and for me, when I get to know someone and I just like them, I like, you know, I can I could make music with them if it works out, but I, I like to just be your friend, right? So it just happened to actually work out this time where we made a track, fucked with it. He was like, hey, you want to be on Awful? You I got was so like, far hey, ahead of sure. yourself. That was so fast. It jumped like that. That's you how got, it was. It was got- like... That's the, that's how it was. I was just chilling. Yeah. That's like how my life is. Yeah. <laughs> Always happens like that. I'm just, I'm just, you know... I'm just here and then things come my way and I, I decide if I want them or not. And like, of course, I I said yes. Right. So then it was kind of like I was I was working on music a bit, but I was like, hey, I'm going to finish this album, which was World Vision. Uh-huh. Dropped that. Uh, then basically went to Atlanta 
met with everyone in awful and all right slow down you're going too far forward we'll work to that let me me control this you you you're you're giving me the abridged elevator pitch i want to get into the into the dig dig deep into the mind of tom so first and foremost you mentioned that uh father came out to vancouver that's Mm -hmm. where you were at yeah what is that where you're born and raised that's the easiest place to stay. Mm, I mean, I was born around there. <laughs> you were born Vancouver-ish. N- yeah, different province, but you well, know. province. You don't talk about that. Why are we you could getting so- talk about yeah, it? Yeah, talk about it. Like okay, we have an was, ho- we have an hour on here, so you can talk. It's about just it. a little bit. Like I've kind of been. I kind of keep it. It's, you don't want to give that province any props. No. Is that what it I is? Mean, yeah, no, You're I like, don't. I don't want to shout this province out. I don't like. Okay, I was born. I you was don't born have to say in- it. Why were you? <laughs> why, why don't you want to shout it out? Let's talk about that. That's a better reason. I don't want to shout it out because, like, you know, Canada is a very interesting place. Like Canada, it it's home of a lot of immigrants, and like, you know, both my parents culturally aren't like from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was born there, but she like, you know, it, she's not her. Yeah, her culture doesn't like live within the city I was born in. Same mm-hmm. with my dad. Like, um, so that's just ha- that's just where they kind of ended up. And growing up in sort of like the suburban prairie land that I grew up in mm-hmm. wasn't the happiest place to be when you know you're not of that country. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, so like the fact that you're a young brown girl growing up in a white suburb was like a, yeah. a bit of a burden. Yeah, I experienced a lot of racism, which is strange. Yeah. Um, my family's mixed, so like both my sisters have white skin and green blue eyes. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing is, they didn't really experience racism. It was mm. more me and my brother because they fit that social construct of quote exactly. unquote white. Yeah, even though you guys have the same genetics. Yeah, and, right. and they're and like not only white, but like. We're talking like very beautiful girls with yeah. big tits and big eyes. Hey, shout out your sisters. I love them. Hey, tell them to come to LA. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so uh, how did your, your- I should say sister. I was talking about one sister. Oh, one sister. Yeah, oh, one sister. damn, shots the other fired. One's, the other one's not old enough yet for me to comment. Oh, okay. I was about to say shots fired at the other sister who was apparently not beautiful. No, no, no. She, no she is the most beautiful. <laughs> she's just a, she's the baby. Yeah. Yeah, right. I don't know why I said plural. Um, you said your mom was born in Canada. Mm-hmm. So does she? So she's generations. Are your grandparents immigrated over to Canada then, or what? From you said your mom was Scandinavian. Yeah, er, earlier so, off air you said that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's Scandinavian. So her grandparents came over, mm-hmm. and so she's she's Canadian through and through. Your mom? Uh, mm, no. 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 How so? I mean, I can't talk to certain relatives. They speak like Swiss German or oh, no other languages. Like it's it's very it, it's strange because. Uh, often when people immigrate to canada they stay within like their their little bubble you know what i mean like if you go to a city it's different but like she grew up on a farm so like um her last name actually means farmer in in sweden and so in swedish yeah no that's (laughs) That's so much it also means it also means uh, (laughs) farmer in sweden exactly so that was that was right um but I i find that certain cultures like They'll they literally like just like pick up and move. Right. And when they land, you know, sometimes things don't change that much. Sometimes right. they do. Right. Um, I value the parts I didn't change in her, if totally. that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm not saying that she's like she seems like off the boat. No, of course not. She was born in Canada, but um, yeah, I, I I still can pull from her culture. No, totally. I, I feel that because yeah, like. 
by the American social construct, I am fucking white through and through. But the, my favorite thing about my mom's side of the family is all the Italian stuff that stayed. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? Because my grandmother, her family came over here. And uh, my mom's like first generation to be born here. Mm-hmm. And so – you know, going back east, that's like my favorite thing. It's a beautiful it's like, thing. Yeah, being yeah. able to like still get some of the like Italian culture. So that's what you're saying. Like you you enjoy your mom's Scandinavian heritage. I do. You like to eat like stinky fish and shit like that. <laughs> that's like the the, the 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 dish over in Sweden is like some terribly stinky fish. Right? Yeah, I mean the food's. I mean it's not about <laughs> just <laughs> hating on it. Um, basically, for me, like uh, I try to. It's interesting because I find that a lot of people my age don't really value their heritage or think about it. But I see so much beauty in different cultures. And maybe that's just the way I am. But I really did not see myself living in Canada for for long. And so the fact that I'm over here, but like when I was young, um, just like with what my dad did at certain points in his life. We traveled a lot to, to Asia and I, I got to go to Europe and stuff like that. And I think those experiences really taught me to um, respect and and value. And, and I think that's why I'm so like a c- confident about like, hey, my mom's Scandinavian. Like I could say Canadian, mm-hmm. you know, but I just like to, to take it there because like that is what I relate to. Mm-hmm. So, mm, you know. <clears throat> Being that you're like... Uh yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. You, you're like so ethnically ambiguous, but you're definitely <laughs> like a brown girl. You know what I mean? Like when you go Thanks. to your mom's, uh, yeah. when you go to your mom's like family reunions <laughs> or her side of the family, do you just stick out like a sore thumb or what? I mean, yeah, it, that's so funny. I just my head went to like our like family reunions. There's there's actually quite a few Ethiopians who are mar- married in as well, yeah. and then like my my dad's definitely like. Other than that, the dark one, yeah. and but her family's so loving. It was more on the other side of, of my dad's side, where um, my mom, being a like being you know, yeah, white and and yeah, my dad's parents were not okay with that. Really? Oh hell no! My what? dad's parents are so traditional, and I could say this on here because I know they're never gonna. It's fine. Like I love them, but um, yeah, my mom almost went. My mom went through like hell and back and like high water just to like. R- to raise us in an environment where we didn't really know a lot about how much uh, religious and racial tension there was in wow. our tr- like yeah in our house. Um, <laughs> b- before we delve too deep into that, because that sounds super interesting. I mean, no, no, no. I just want to ask one <laughs> quick question about your, well, one quick question about your mom. Uh, the the province that you don't want to give props to is that where she grew up like is that is that um, yeah it's like the, the same, same one that used to st- the same mm-hmm. one that you grew up and that's where she grew up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, I I didn't grow up where I was born. I actually grew up kind of up north. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, Did you know I'm from Alaska? No, I didn't know that. Yo, we we're what? like yeah, similarly northwestern. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, so I probably drove through whatever province you're talking about when I was driving down to California. Uh, so I'm not even trying to be mysterious. No, I'm it's just fine. not trying to. I don't want to press you to like say mm, talk yeah. shit about anywhere. You know what I mean? Like you know. So I just want like I'm yeah. We're, we're just delving. We we're, can leave it we're at that. Yeah. So your mom and dad, how did they meet? Um. So <laughs> they. I think my dad saw my mom playing piano at church. <laughs> no way. And so yeah. your mom's a musician too. Yeah, my mom taught me. Um. I mean, my mom taught me how to play piano. I play piano for. Mm-hmm. So what ethnicity is your dad life. then? So my dad is South Indian. Okay. Uh, 
so my tata, which is like my dad's dad, is Tamil. Okay. And then my dad's mom is Malayalam, which is from Kerala. So basically, Tamil Nadu Yo, and, and a, Kerala. I didn't know it was pronounced Kerala, but literally there's like a really um, popular Indian spot across the street from my apartment that's Carolyn Food. Cool. Like K-E-R. That's yummy. That's, I, and I, I have mean, I have Indian friends, and I ask them like, "Yo, do you know what?" I always thought it was Kerala. Yeah, I didn't know it was Kerala. Kerala. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, "Yo, do you know what? Like, what am I supposed to order at a restaurant that serves Kerala food?" Get some Kerala dosa. Food? Some, and they're like, "I don't know. I've never heard some of that coconut place. chutney, some idli, some fish curry. There is really good." Yeah, crazy. Okay, so now I finally know who to ask about. Yeah, Kerala you can. Food. You, um, you can send me that. Because I always go in there and I'm just like, oh, yeah, Yo, let te- me get the tika masala and shit. Like, <laughs> hella, hella boring. Low key, just text me the menu, like, take a photo of it, and I'll let you know. So, dad is Indian. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a very kind of insular culture, seemingly. Like, they, it, like, they take a lot of pride in, like, marrying into, uh, mm-hmm. marrying other Indians, right? I mean, South Indian culture is a little bit different than North Indian culture. Uh-huh. And the only reason, I mean, yes, th- that is true. When I went to India, I was, I was in my uncle's house for like five minutes and he tried to marry me off. Like right. marriage is a really big thing. Yeah. But the only reason that I think it was such a big deal is because they are so religious and, um, it, it doesn't really transfer to it. The culture doesn't transfer over very elegantly do you know what i mean like it's like they apply this strange belief system to everything right right it doesn't really like it's like they're trying to understand culture through their own filter and it doesn't really Mm -hmm. like you know uh how did your dad meet your mom in church then if you're talking about how religious his family is well because uh my dad's family converted from hinduism to christianity because there's you know the missionaries in south india i think i believe it was thomas who was down there just you know converting people shout out thomas yeah but actually my my family um in south india were i believe the story is they were hindu priests Uh of this city called the holy mountain so like my family's last name was actually the holy mountain in a different language and then uh they got they converted um half of them were exiled so the christian half were exiled which was what my family was a part of and this is all on i think my grandma's my amachi side Mm -hmm. um and so and so then what happens when uh people convert from hinduism to christianity is they kind of just don't actually change anything they just call it something else and and sort of idolize different things and memorize different scriptures you know what i'm saying so it's like they're applying the same sort of mentality to a different religion Mm. and what happened in my family is that is that the you know like all the the good parts of believing in a god of love is kind of forgotten and you're kind of just like okay well we got to obey all these rules and you don't fit into those rules right and the way you're talking or the way you look or like all these things you know and so yeah white people ruin everything (laughs) it's a (laughs) hey you you shook your head like you're right they do you're just trying not to say it but that's fine hey look white people ruin everything i'm gonna go on record and say that that white people ruin everything if you have any comments about that tweet me i don't give a fuck Yeah, I'm sorry. That pop guard is just. Being you know such what? A something bastard. else that's really crazy that I found out. Uh, so Abra, who's yeah. on Awful Records, right. too. We were just like talking one day, and we found out that her mom actually, like, Kerala is not a big state, 
and her mom's family is also from Kerala. So we could low-key be related, which is crazy. No way. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. That's really crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to do like a one day we'll do like a blood test and we'll see. You guys are like at literal sisters. Because we, we literally behave like cousins and or like we're like we do behave like we're related. Yeah. But, you know, like how fast did that bond know. form with her? Uh, we do you bond with people really instantly? I mean, uh, like I love people. So if I if I do, then I really do. Are you like super sensitive to va- bad vibes too? Like, do you get an instant gut feeling, and when you oh, don't yeah. like somebody, yeah, I'm pretty instinctual, but I'm also very rational. So, you know, so I, I, I'm a very forgiving person usually. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if we have a bad first encounter, I'm not. I'm not going to hold that against you. Right. I take yeah. But I mean, I, I would imagine that like. Uh, yeah maybe you rely a lot on gut like either Mm -hmm, the good first impression is like really good or the bad one is like no forgiveness i think i'm sometimes really awful at first impressions no pun intended i could be yeah no you know i don't really know what i'm like at first but i think uh after a few times i i get the gist of of where i fit into your life or you know like it's not it's never it's always love but it's just like how close we get is depends on you know if we click or not right totally. i'm not and i never push anything i don't really like if we don't click i'm not stressed if we click i'm pretty happy but like you know i'm i'm very chill right i feel that um so your dad does he come <laughs> over as a kid or was he born in canada uh no he came over as a kid how old was he do you know uh i think he was seven does he ever tell stories about like um, you know, the difference between his, his childhood days in India and his childhood days in Canada. Do you ever ask about that sort of stuff? I do know some Canadian stories. I, I know that his childhood in India was really dark and that he didn't come from much or like, did you ever good. see, you, did you ever watch master of none? No. I, the Aziz Ansari series. Oh, oh yeah. Netflix? I didn't know that's, yeah, actually I've seen a few. Okay. Yes. There, there's but that one episode where like they, they delve into like where their parents yeah, came from I and it's like, whoa, that, that it is, but it's so like touching that episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that episode's pretty funny. Yeah. I laughed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that when they first came over to Canada, they landed in Ontario mm-hmm. and it was snowing and my Chi was like, um, okay, well it's going to be cold boys. So, you know, we need to go get pants. And she went to the store I think in the airport and bought them pants and they weren't pants. They were like nylon female tights. No way. So these little baby Indian boys are like land in Canada wearing tights. Wow. And just, you know, the misconception of, of like weather and just right. not knowing. And, right. Totally. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. They, they learned to play hockey because uh, they played field hockey. So I think that was like a, once they got so your dad's their like an ice cold. hockey player. I mean, or was? <laughs> That's so confusing. Don't don't quote me, and I don't think very. I don't think any of it was very well. Like I actually come from a pretty athletic family. My thought that my grandpa in India was the captain of the Olympic field hockey team, which is crazy. No way. Yeah, and then um, he was also a really good boxer. So no oh, shit. They all boxed and like did everything he did just to make him happy. Yeah, well, so that that must have terrified your <laughs> high school boyfriends. Then, oh yeah, my dad's a boxer. I didn't have any high school boyfriends. Why? <laughs> 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 I mean, I were I wasn't into guys in high school, and uh. also my older sister. We've already talked about how beautiful she was. 
kind of just got all the guys. I cut all my hair off. I looked like a boy. I would wear, my mom used to hand sew me khaki pants and like I would, I had a little brother so I'd steal his shirts. We would hang out. Um, I was like, I was feminine still, but like I wasn't, I I liked boys and I liked girls, but I, I had a lot of issues with like the liking girls part that I kind of just, I don't know. I just never, I never went there. All right. So your parents meet and in church. Well, first off, how, how long was it before your par- before your grandparents got converted that they're like, "Yo, we got to up and move to Canada." And why Canada? And why like why not the states? Okay, so uh, was the, was my the, gra- yeah, my Amachi yeah. finds like so she lives in rural uh, India. Like this is like you know backwater, so it looks like jungle kind of, and like you you go fishing and you get your own fish, and they have like all my family over there has. Um, like coconut trees, sugarcane fields, like you, you grow your own food. Mm-hmm. So like she somehow stumbles across a newspaper and in the newspaper, there's an advertisement that says we need a scientist and a nurse and she's a nurse. They're, they're intelligent. So they, yeah. they go to school. Indians like find a way to become educated, right. you know, like if, if not, if they're not educated, then their kids are educated because that's something that's really important to totally. them. So uh, actually the story is my grandpa was playing field hockey. His dad didn't approve. So he quit field hockey, became a scientist, met my grandma in a hospital where she was a nurse. Fixing and, a, a field hockey wound. Yeah. So, so, anyway, so all this happened. Yeah. My, I think they have... You know, they have two kids, which is my uncle and my dad. And um, she finds this article in the newspaper. And she's like, I'm a nurse. You're a scientist. This Let's apply. Yeah. My my grandma was a, like a wild child, kind of. Like, everyone is always like, oh, you remind me of your grandma. Because, like, she would just do things like... You're like... They're like, you remind me of your grandma. She was a rapper, too. She was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, maybe if she was born in this right totally yeah so you have your 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 grandmother's vibe okay so she's a wild child and then yeah what? so then she applies for it they get it yeah and it's basically i think they they paid for their flight so they flew out over here and then they're over here and that was canada. it like was canada it. just accepted them like here mm-hmm. your here's your like uh here's your new life right they messed up your, their names your on all the papers now and, and shit. but other than that here you go. <laughs> no way. That's crazy. What year? What year was that around? I yeah. have no. Okay, sorry. I, yeah, I, I, I have no concept of time. I, I don't know why. I don't know why I find family history so like fucking interesting. But I, but it's that that mm. that story is amazing to me. That's great. Um. So okay, now we'll get to the point where your mom and dad meet. Did they have to like hide their relationship from their from your grandparents? No, 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 no. Uh, they didn't do that. But um, basically, my dad. When when they found out kind of about it, they weren't happy, right? And I think like it, you know, it's it's just like it, they were just they're just a bit racist, like, totally, to be right. honest. But the funny thing is, is because uh, after it happened, um, then it kind of like reversed. And like in India, if you have light skin, you're considered more beautiful. So like. Um, my my little sister's really young, so she she was an accident and like is twelve right now, and so like doesn't really know any of. I hope your little sister doesn't situation. like tune in and hear that she's an accident. That's cold blooded. It's not because she's the the most beautiful thing that yeah. that's ever happened, and I think that accidents are are always. She's what we would refer kind. to as a happy accident. 
in in my mind, saying she's an accident, it means nothing because she's probably the most important person in my life. So, you know, like I hold her on such a high pedestal of love that, you know, I I know she would know that she would just shrug and be Mm -hmm. like, whatever. (laughs) She's so cool. Right, right, right. Yeah. Wait, so what were you getting at about? Uh, What was I talking about? I forget. Uh, wait, let's get, let's get. Oh, I was saying, I was saying, um, okay, so yeah, so then the racism sort of reversed, and because she's so light skinned, not her, but my older sister, um, is half Indian and it has very light skin, so then they kind of like favorited her, but still disliked my mom. So it's like Mm. a very interesting, like, mm, just like the complex that came over with them is is strange, and then so that happened, and then I think, um, they're okay. They're like they're fine with her. You know, you there's always like an undertone. But then my uncle also married a Canadian girl. Yeah. So like like all my cousins, we all look alike because we're all just like mixed. Yeah. Cuties. I or mean, whatever. Your, your dad and your uncle, they just want a little cream for the coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so you know that trying you to keep it multicultural. Them. Yeah. Um, similarly to well when you say that like the scandinavian side like they found their little pocket of scandinavians in canada was there an indian it was there an indian like uh uh community uh that your dad grew up with in canada or were they kind of like the only brown family uh i think they were the only brown family huh and i think that um they they found like you know here and there yeah and yeah. then um so slowly sure, but surely more of their own relatives moved over to Canada yeah. to the states and you know do you find yourself more interested oh this is maybe like a no take it there I want- all right do you find yourself more interested in one side of the family than the other as far as like when you're talking about tradition like do you do you find yourself wanting to talk to your grandmother and be like oh teach me to make naan or like you know what I mean like uh, sometimes but my gra- my grandma's so funny she like will she like almost doesn't want to pass on her her recipe secrets and will cook really fast so you don't really? know what she's doing that and sounds <laughs> counterintuitive to indian cuisine in general cooking really she's fast i feel like funny, everything has to take go really she'll just slow laugh she's such a personality she'll just like and you'll try to keep up and she'll just be laughing at you and sometimes she'll put on like uh white cooking shows and try to cook the food and then my my grandpa my thought that just starts yelling at her being like stop making casserole again like so angry being like what I where's the curry like they're just so stereotypical just you know indians in in canada yeah but they're also like because I, I met a lot of i've met a lot of indians in canada especially in vancouver there's a lot of um punjabi girls and like punjabi girls hate me because like the culture is different and yeah. i look different and i i can't really relate to to everything and i mean i like them they're beautiful but the, there is sort of like a it's interesting because like they're mm, it's more of like a more tropical culture yeah over in like a cold the fact that you were doing the dancing hands while you did that <laughs> though like i talk with my hands that's really funny i was like wait is she being racist right now with the no. oh my um so okay, so yeah, then you're born in this little province, and how how old is how old are you before uh, you start to grasp and conceptualize the fact that like oh my older sister's really white looking and I'm brown and noticing that you get treated different because of it. Do you have a, do you have a first experience that sticks out in your mind like that? I mean, when my mom 
would first pick me up at school, my teachers wouldn't let me go home with her because they'd be like, they didn't believe that's not your mom. No way. And I would have to be like, that's my mom. That's my mom. I'm not adopted. Wow. <laughs> but this is like we're talking about. Like, I really, I really almost don't even, like, want to take it there. Because, like, yes, I experienced racism, but nothing compared to, like, the, right. the kind of racism all my friends experience in, the, in States. the States. Like, it's crazy. You know, like, I really have nothing to talk about right. in contrast. Right. But there was just, like, things like that where, like, um, yeah, if I was with my, my mom has, like, blue eyes and, like, had, like, blonde hair at the time. And, like, my mom, like, is, you know, a beautiful white woman. and Right. I don't look like her at all, but right. but she my mama. <laughs> nice. Uh, what were you like as a kid? Like as a as a. I was such a bad kid. How so? Okay, you want to hear a kid? I want to hear all the kids' stories. Tommy stories. So I used to write like I'm not kidding. This was grade probably grade two. I used to write cunt on my socks. Wow, how'd you I learn used, that word? I knew the word. I I knew about sex. I knew. I don't know how. I had, like, bondage fantasies when I was really little. Wow. I don't know what happened. You know what? I had some weird shit when I was a kid, too. Like, one time, I would see stuff in movies, and I would just, like, know it was bad. It was bad. probably the movies. I would just know it was bad, and I didn't understand it, but I would I would be like, I want to be bad like that. Like, one time, I remember in uh, in preschool, I was just standing in line. Like, we had to line up against the wall before we went in from recess or whatever. And um, I was just standing with my f- middle fingers like this, like, <laughs> but down at my sides. And I had no idea what it meant, but I knew that it was badass. And so I was standing there with my middle fingers pointed down. And the teacher came up to me and goes, Lee, do you know what that means? And I'm like, nope. And she goes, she goes, do you think it's nice? And I said, probably not. <laughs> that was it. And she's like, yeah, don't do that anymore. And, That's and, so good. Yeah, yeah. I love kids. Or just kids little, are the best. Just a little weird shit. Yeah. I, I was like, <laughs> very, I uh, also, when you talk about having bondage fantasies at a young age, I was like very overtly sexual from a young age too. For some reason, <laughs> I don't understand happened? why. Like what? I don't what know. triggers that? I don't know. In man. your in your psyche, like what do you? It could be. I don't. I don't remember what it was, but I'd obviously seen something. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I've. I don't know if I've told this story on here or not, but I had a, a similarly in preschool. I had a little redheaded girlfriend named Courtney, and and like we were doing shit that four-year-olds should not know how to like we were playing doctor and it was very it was very grotesque in hindsight and i'm like what was i doing trying to feel her butt and stuff like that you know as a four-year-old but i I was revved up ready to go animal instincts yeah i was revved i was fully torqued at four okay yeah anyway um (laughs) (laughs) so you're a bad little kid and you're writing cunt on your sock what what happened what's the repercussion for that I mean, I was really sneaky. I would just take my socks off before I went home. Mm. I'd get in trouble at school, and they would write me up, and then I would throw everything, all the evidence away. Wow. So you're like, yeah, you're like really a sneaky little I was, kid. I was sneaky. Did you, did you like make uh, excuses, like like notes yes. from your own parents and stuff like that? Uh, no. It was like the, I, I really didn't care about school. It was more like going back home because like my dad was really strict. So like I didn't want to get like beat basically mm. Mm. so i'll be like okay well this note says exactly what i did i'm gonna just drop it mm. and then you know you show up at the time like schools weren't really on their shit you show up at home early and they're like why are you home early because i i could walk home so i live really close and i was young but they'd let me walk home like I, who knows i went to a catholic school so it was oh like, you went to a catholic school mm-hmm. is that what your is that what your family converted to is uh, catholicism Mm-mm. oh so what's that like uh, b- being an outsider at a Catholic school? I mean, I, I like I, I 
it probably made me a crazy freak, but like my memories are just like all you know, there's some there's some there's some cute ones, but there's some really well, strange see, I'm, ones. I'm never one of I'm not one of those dudes that has like Catholic schoolgirl fantasies. Like, so I'm not going from for that angle of like, oh, tell me about your outfit. It was also a, a French Catholic school. I was in French immersion for 12 years. Wow, so you speak fluent French? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I just more wonder about like the discipline there. Like, was the discipline more strict? I uh, mean, it was, but nuns. I came from, did you have to go to church? All that stuff. Yeah, we went to church and stuff. Yeah, but like the. the 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 funny thing was is that Catholic school wasn't as strict as like my my home, so like uh, to me it was who like, was the disciplinarian your mom or your dad? Oh, my mom is a pure angel. Like my mom is the reason I'm like a good person. I love my mom. Um, my dad went through some shit. You know he's a good person. He came out of it good. I'm proud of him. But there is some some dark there that. So your dad's the disciplinarian then. He's very strict. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, see, I, I like that's the thing. I was raised Catholic. I have daddy issues, so you know yeah, we don't same. have to open that Dude, box. Everybody has daddy issues. I really feel like I, I've. It's very rare for me to meet a musician that has mommy issues and not daddy issues. Well, you know what I mean. Maybe if you're a guy. No, feel, no. I, I, my issues all come from my dad. Hmm. That like I, you know that's what my that's what my dads, therapist told me. It dads hold the the power of like they can really fuck you up well it's almost like moms are almost just default there for you you know what i mean and dads have to choose whether they're going to be there or not and a lot of them choose not to be there (laughs) and even if they're there a lot of them choose not to be like emotionally present you know what i mean and that shit fucks you up because it's like why isn't this person that's responsible for me choosing me do you think it's because women like sort of like breed the baby and like have to deal with it for nine months and push it out and like have to like be like uh, you give up so much physically yeah. and emotionally oh, and I'm it's sure draining so by the time it's out you have to that's you love it already as opposed to you you just like you meet the baby when it comes out. I'm sure there's so much chemistry in it that we don't understand just of like the subconscious forcing you to tell you. Like I've always read like, you know, uh, when the child comes out of the womb, there's actually a blend of chemistry within the air that the mother that the mother breeds or breathes in and subconsciously like uh, perpetrates uh, uh, or perpetuates an emotionally emotional bond to that baby instantly. Right. And the thing about dads is similarly, they don't they don't smell that. They don't smell that. Um, that chemi- the, we are the- just animals, right? Exactly. We they're, really they're, are. That scent doesn't affect them, but what does affect uh-huh. them is that babies come out looking more like the father than the mother. So when the when the uh-huh. when the baby comes out, the father sees Ooh. that and sees himself in the baby, and that's supposed to bond them a little bit emotionally to the mm-hmm. baby in, in a similar way. Anyway. Do you know what's weird about that? Is yeah. that uh, do you think okay? Because like with like mixed kids, like I've always had like this bond with my dad. And I look like him, mm-hmm. but I'm not trying to downplay like the, my, the bond my sister has with my dad or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like in my mind, like I was like, oh, like when I was little, I was like, that's my dad because it's like you look like me. Well, that's why I find it interesting with your situation as well, particularly having sisters that that just, have different skin tone. It, it made me curious if you were like more drawn to the darker side of your family or like to, mm-hmm. the darker sound that sounds evil. I mean the 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 more uh, melanin inclined side of your family. I was family. talking about this with my with like my friend uh, the other day. I was saying that um, it my like the fact that. I'm able to have 
a very like liberal sense of culture and like pull from two different places, but still get the credit for being not white is 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 as opposed to versus my older sister who um people just you know they don't she fits the social construct of white she could almost be persian like she's very beautiful so it's hard to say but like yeah if you think she's white you don't really ask her about where she comes from you just think she's like a a beautiful girl and she doesn't have to deal with or, or not deal with but she doesn't have to continuously answer questions about you know where the dark part of her came from right and like for you probably get asked that on a daily basis i do but i think it's at this point more of like a pickup line that guys probably ask anyone yeah you know totally you have a closer bond with your dad because of that though i mean but i don't because my it's hard because my mom my mom really raised me in ways that my dad couldn't have been there for of course but i i really when I was little, I was I would cry that I didn't have light skin, and because my sister has blue eyes, like that's really hard when you're little. Yeah. There is a lot. There was a long time in my life where I didn't think that my dad was my real dad because <laughs> he's six foot seven, blonde hair, green eyes, and I came out dark brown hair, dark brown eyes, like hairy as fuck. I my mean, dad has no chest hair. I look super Italian, I Hungarian, mean, you know what I'm saying? And my brother, similarly to you, he's like he's like lanky, he's real skinny and like mm-hmm. no like no body hair like me and he's blonde hair, uh blue eyes as well. And so I'm like if this came out from this guy like where did i come from? That was like a thought that i had a lot. I'm like, man, I Yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway. Also, I feel bad because I never mentioned my brother, but my brother is, like, a beautiful, like, Cuban-looking, like, Marc Jacobs model man. Like, he really got the best (laughs) mix. Really? (laughs) He has, like, long, flowing hair, and yeah. I mean, shout out to having beautiful families. Some people get the, just, the genetic blessings. Yo, like... The more you mix, it's you the know. The more you mix, the more you mix, the better it I'm is. I'm trying to mix, like it's real let's tight. get it. It's let's real go. <laughs> I'm saying, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, wait, but uh, experiencing Catholicism from an outsider's perspective, did you see it as kind of a weird, dark religion? Because I grew up Catholic, and in hindsight, now I'm like, wow, they were teaching us some really dark shit. Yeah, I, I, I kind of did. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like blood imagery and so much blood and confessions. And Dog, I almost, how scary is Jesus on the cross in the back of a church? Yeah, well, it's, it's creepy. Jesus, like, I, I would, I would get confused between like all the priests and, and they'd always be like, "Come confess," and I would be like, "I'd be like, what did I do wrong?" And then yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, I must have done something wrong." And then as a kid, you learn repression, and you learn, and you think that like like repressing things is god telling you you're being bad so totally. repress it you know and like in hindsight that's the thing that strikes me so much about uh, catholicism is that it's very much like what did you do wrong this week not it doesn't celebrate like doing good stuff it celebrates not doing bad stuff I and did so, then, so you, many then you feel like shit if you do bad stuff yeah. but to be honest i only went to confession once and i was like eh, this shit ain't for me confession is not cool i would like, low-key sit in confession being like should I tell this? Like, I was a young baby, and, I, and I'd be like, should I Should I talk about, like, all my dirty thoughts? Like, right. you're a kid. Like, you stick a kid in and confession. You're, say- <laughs> you're saying it to, like, a grown yeah, man. Yeah, like. A grown man that's not allowed to have sex. Like, how creepy is that? You know what I mean? There's a lot of, I mean. Anyway, shout out Catholicism. 
Um, <laughs> wait, so did you move to Vancouver in high school or just for college or how did that work? Uh, yeah, I moved out. <clears throat> I moved out when I was seventeen, um, and I moved to Vancouver, and I just lived outside the city. Well, so let's talk about like your tomboy years in high school, real quick. Like, mm-hmm. what? Um, I get like, did you get kind of punk rocky or something? Like, what? I happened? had a punk phase. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had phases. I Were you always phases. very creative though? Like, yeah, I was. From jump. I was always. I I I was always painting, drawing. Like, and you I talked was about you had to learn really how to play little. piano. Yeah, I play piano. My mom's side is really artistic. They all paint and stuff. Um, so, like, my mom was really good. She, she would always make sure I had, like, crafts. I was, like, the crafty one. Yeah. Always so, making shit. Yeah. Is piano the only uh, music, uh, the only instrument that you learned? Uh, I played I played the bass clarinet. Too. Swag. Shout out bass clarinet. Yeah, I'd have those bass solos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I played, like, synth. I was in, like, a punk band for a minute. I played like drums in, in high school no it's like when i was 17 okay um but yeah i i had i had all kinds of phases i was i didn't know who i was at all you know i was just in you high got, school yeah you gotta like delve into everything until you find what it really is i think i was so uh sexually repressed that like i i was really confused and like really went through the phases though <laughs> but i ended up um kind of in a happy phase like when i when I moved out, I moved into like a punk house. I hung out with my friends, went to art school. Um, yeah. What did your parents think as you were like, okay, I'm out. Like, I, I gra- I'm graduated and I'm going to go to art school. I'm dipping to Vancouver. Were they like, cool, go do it? Yeah, yeah. So basically, they were so strict when I was young. By the time I graduated, I mean, it, it, they, my dad kind of just felt bad and like wanted to be like, okay, do what makes you happy because like, fuck, you know, you weren't really given the chance to to fully like it's hard to explain because i really don't want to get into it but it's right. like no, um, we don't have to yeah so they are very now they're they're much more liberal-minded and so supportive that they're almost like of no religion like they're they're just like you know they're they're in a good place right. and they're just nice people yeah. and they're really loving and i'm so thankful for them in my life at at this point in my life so when I graduated, my mom, I think it's, it's my mom's influence. Um, sh- she's she's always had like this mentality where it's like, I want you to do what makes you happy, regardless of what your dad thinks, regardless of what this person thinks. Like, I got you, you know? Yeah, that's like, perfect. Like, I got you. Yeah. So I moved out and like, it was, it was fine. Like, I didn't feel like I was being rebellious moving out that young. I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to move out. They're like, okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to art school. They're like, okay. I got into, like, uh, I applied for, I at first wanted to go into, like, architecture, and I applied for it, and I like, got in. But then I was like, hmm, that is, that is uh, like, I, I kind of, like, started to learn more about how it has a lot more to do with, with design and, and just... I was more interested in, like, the art part of it. It's a lot of math architecture, I'm sure. Like, yeah. It's a lot of, like, precision, you know? I think that they have people who like check up on the mathematics of it. But there's a lot of rules in architecture. Maybe. There's rules, right? Yeah. yeah, and I was more into just like ideas and concepts and right. can, like you know making it, things. It's funny. My mom tried to groom me to like be an architect. Really? Her, I always talk about <laughs> That's that. So like, random. I have a song where I say, "You want to do an architect? You got a bleeding heart who creates art instead." Because. <laughs> That's what it was. I was like, I excelled at Legos and I was good at drawing. And she was like, you should be an architect. I think maybe that's what happened to me. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you're good at, you're good at, oh, you love to paint houses. Right. Or you're good at structure. Because like, that's the thing is that people that are in like kind of 
I don't want to say normal, but that have more like straightforward jobs that are part of the workforce. They see, yeah. I think oftentimes they see they uh, creativity in their child and they go, how can they make money off this creativity? Yeah. Because there's no money in art, you know what I mean? Gotcha, uh, yeah. Frequently. And so they're mm -hmm. like, oh, you should be an architect because then you still draw, but you can actually make money. <laughs> Didn't work out that way. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Were you, so you're, uh, were you excelling at art in high school as well then? Is that what inspired the, or, or you know yeah, what I mean? Like, no, when did you yeah, decide on art painting. school? It was kind of just like, I, I was painting and drawing a lot at the time. Did you um, check out a bunch of different schools and decide on the one that like fit your artistic sensibilities the There's really the most? only one good art school or like three good art schools in Canada. And one of them happens to be in Vancouver. So it was kind of like, like of like the bigger ones, it's like a university. Yeah. So I went to Emily Carr. Shout out Emily Carr. Yeah. Um, did you graduate? Mm-hmm. Sick. What'd you get a BA in? Uh, Just fine arts? I started in film. Yeah. So, like, that's why I, I, like, I still do a lot of editing. Like, I edit all my own videos and stuff. Right. I started in film uh, for, like, two years, and then I switched to sculpture. But I just graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Nice. Mm hmm Do you still sculpt at all? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> what? <laughs> No, like, uh, yes. Uh, Emily Carr is kind of like a conceptual art school, so you can, like, actually sculpt if you want. But for me, sculpture was more like the the the, mm, the idea behind using different objects, not not necessarily, yeah. like, the technical skill of right. sculpting. gluing a bunch of shit together until yeah. it looks like something. Yeah, or, or maybe, even, or I mean, if it's process-based, you can do that. Or yeah. if it's, like, I, w I would usually have um, an idea. I'd be like, okay, well... Um, you know, I'm I'm making this piece about, like, the project is, oh, you have to make a piece about wood. So I would, like, rip walls down until, like, there was wood. And I, I, I really fucked with, like, ready-mades, and I, I really like to do kind of deconstruction of, like, of, of, I, I, I got, I almost got expelled. Like, I would just, like, I would Why'd you break things. Why'd you expelled? Because I, like, I ripped up all these walls once, because, like, I, I would always fight with my teachers, and they'd be like, like, my name's Genesis. They'd be like, Genesis, like, your project has no wood in it. And it would just be so annoying. I'd be like, fine, bitch, you want wood? I would, like, rip all the walls off. Wow. Till like, the wood was there. And, like, you know, but I would, I was very, uh, I was very, it was very pretty. Like, I was, I was very into aesthetics. I was yeah. like, okay, this is pretty. You like it? That's interesting. Like, I, I you can tell, <clears throat> you can tell that, uh, I think within your music that you're into aesthetic, but also, like, it's this weird combination of the rebellion and the aesthetic together. Like, it sounds pretty, but it also sounds like fuck you, kind of. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm -hmm. I was really into, like, uh, the reason I was into ready-mades is because, like, a lot of the times they'd be like, oh, this is, like, slacker art. So, like, you look at it once and you're like, oh, that's, like, you know, you didn't take that long to make it. But then you really look at it again and it relates to all these other things that are sort of, like, previous histories in art where you can take it somewhere and you can have a conversation mm -hmm. um i always have the argument of like what is art with people i don't even know because i have a lot of friends i have a lot of friends that aren't th like they're mm -hmm. not creatives quote unquote and so they're you know sometimes i'll catch them hating on shit and i'll be like look man the moment that you have to say is this really art that is that's that is art. that's when it's art you also, know what I mean? it's or, so or like pretentious I, I to pretend I, that you know what art is. Right, totally. Like or, that's that's what art is about. Not anytime knowing. I hear someone say like, "Oh, I could have made that," I'm like, "But you didn't," and that's why it's art. 
You know what I mean? Like, cause it, uh, the most simple ideas can be, can, can come mm-hmm. out to be like the most beautiful and affecting things. The, the thing about going to a conceptual art school is that at a certain point in time, people start to make art for other people who know what, who know all these concepts and all these theories. And then it sort of escapes the public. So I kind of got into to public art because it was like, okay, well, I want my audience to to also just be someone who walks in off the street and comes in the gallery and looks at this shit and You want to be able to it. affect the layman, not yeah, just the expert. I want it to be kind of like a bodily experience. So I got really into this concept called phenomenology, which is where like you make something be something instead of making it be about something. So then the viewer can sort of have an experience on their own without you even having to stand there and talk about the art. Like, I think that's good art. When you see a sculpture or a painting and you can have an, an emotional or, you know, um, any type of experience. Like, bo- like a didactic experience? No. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't take that's it there. inside joke. Like, a, a bo- like, okay, it could be a, a bodily experience. It could be the way, like, it's positioned so you have to walk around it and, like, it makes you feel a type of way. It could be, like, it's so beautiful you cry it could be like it relates to a history that everyone knows so it's not it's a public history you know it's not like this pretentious art history that you have to look in a book to see how it's all relative and if you didn't take that class on 1960s minimalism you don't know what it is like all this shit so i think that um when i left art school i was kind of like okay art is great i love it but the demographic's so small so i bet i'm gonna i'm gonna go make music Right. But the music is kind of an art project in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, it could be. It's yeah, very much. I'm just I'm just out here chilling. <laughs> I don't take it seriously, but it is it is the way I You don't take myself. it seriously? I think that it, I think you take it seriously. Well, I take I'm I take my life seriously. Yeah. And it's a part of my life, but I don't if you were to say to me, "Hey, tomorrow you're not going to be Tommy Genesis anymore. You're going to be Genesis and you're not no one's gonna give a fuck about the music you make i honestly wouldn't care i'd be like okay well i'm about to go do something else because i'm just i'm happy with i'm happy with making music because it makes me happy but if it didn't make me happy then well, i so wouldn't the, be doing it well and that kind of that kind of like uh ducks around the next question i was going to ask because i was like well aren't you making the music for yourself but it sounds completely like you're making the music for yourself then and so why would you stop if somebody said no one gives a shit about tommy genesis like wouldn't you just keep doing it for yourself no like if there was I mean, because I'm also very rational. Like, yeah. if, if I was like, oh, I can't make any money on this. Would uh, you keep it as a hobby? Here, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. always been my hobby. Yeah. I've been doing it since I was, like, really little. I was in, like, I was always in bands. I was always, like, hanging out with musical kids. I was always Because that becomes a real present. question the farther along that you go in your career. Because I'm at a point in, in, in my shit where, like... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember what it was like when I was just starting and, mm-hmm. and or like to get out in the public eye. And I was like your age and everything seemed so new and exciting. And I was like really amped on creating and creating yeah. and creating. And now I'm getting I'm getting older. And, and it's like it's one of these things where I'm really having to ask myself, is it something that I'm going to continue to do mm-hmm. just for fun? Gotcha. And, then I, and then I look back and I go, well, well. Well, was this ever art? Because was I just creating for this like validation, or was I just do, or was I doing it because I wanted, or was I doing it for me, or was I doing it to gain an audience? You know what I mean? I like think, these are these existential yeah. crises that I have. Mm-hmm. I think my issue is I do everything I do for fun. Like yeah. I really do. I'm all like like I said, all my posts. I'm never smiling because like that's maybe a facade, but like I'm always smiling. Right. I'm all, I'm like the happy one. Yeah. And. 
I really, th- I really just go with my instinct. And but I'm also I'm strategic. Like of course I take certain things seriously when I have to. But right. I'm just saying. Well, even the not smiling—that's a strategy. Come on. Yeah, but that's maybe just me being vain and being like. But you thought? I mean, you thought it out, or else you would be smiling in some of the pictures. You know what I mean? Like that's strategic. I think, I think it's a. I think. I think it's a. A, a, there's a little bit of a duality in me where like that's maybe my stage persona because like I, there's I nothing wrong with that because that's that's the thing is like coming up with the persona is part of the art too right yeah you, yeah of like course. is there a difference between genesis and tommy genesis you know uh, what i mean they're, they're, mm, yeah i know what you mean people ask me that all the time and i'm and i'm like at the beginning i thought there was and now i don't think there's any difference between lee and intuition the same fucking mm-hmm. it's the same cocksucker you know so same piece of shit. <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like. I get people. Like, I'll have my managers and people being like, the question. I mean, they'll at first be like, "Wait, are you taking this serious?" But then they don't really have to question that because I do it and I do it with like my best abilities and I'm having fun. And I think like on it, like genuinely, the moment where. Um, I stop having fun, I'll stop doing it. And I think the misconception with musicians and and artists is that you really have to take it so seriously to be successful. You don't. You can actually be out here enjoying your fucking life and enjoying yourself. And the funny thing is the songs that you... Sometimes the songs that you take the least serious are the ones that just spill out of you instantly. And you go, ah, no one else will like this. Those are the ones that are everyone's favorite. True. You you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like things are... things. Uh, happen serendipitously sometimes yeah. and that's I'm the on that tip. yeah totally um do you do you turn up like do you do you <laughs> are you like a drinker are you a, do you experiment with drugs are you into like expanding your mind nah i mean when i was young i would like get peer pressured into like doing certain things like i i've like done here and there but like uh like currently i don't really drink or i used to smoke a lot of weed i don't anymore yeah um yeah, I don't really do anything. If I go to Atlanta and I'm hanging out with like all my my Atlanta family, like I, I pretty much drink like red wine with father and little, like little, Abra and little Bar- Bartles and James. I have a little you know, like you know I just spritzer. need I need two drinks yeah. to be and I I never really get drunk. I think I've I like sometimes get like once I had Hennessy for the first time and like that was not a good night mm. and I will never have Hennessy again. Shout out Hennessy, sponsor of the show. Uh, no. <laughs> I always, I have a, I have, Yo, I don't know it if it tasted I've, good, but let me tell you, I could not walk, and I like mentally I wasn't drunk, but it just like I lost all control of my legs. Yeah. Like I was like, is this? Oh, Hennessy is one of the darkest drunks. Like that's that yeah. gets me so fucked. I wasn't up. happy about it. We've shot, we've done photo shoots for Hennessy before, and where there's like infinity Hennessy to drink on oh, set, it turns out it's so hilarious. I just, I don't, I don't ever feel. I know I I like to always feel kind of in control. Yeah. And so like my fantasy is already like exploded in my brain. You know what I mean? Like I already go to those places. Right. And I feel pretty confident socially, so I don't really I'm never like, "Oh, I need a drink right now." I don't think of it. If it's there and if I'm chilling, I might have one. I don't think there's anything wrong with drugs and alcohol if if you don't abuse it and like I don't judge anyone. I right, really don't right, give a right, fuck. Right. It's whatever you want to do. I used to do. I used to drink quite a bit, and I would do my my share of drugs. And as I've gotten older, I've kind of slowed down with that pretty heavily. And, and I, but I think that it's because I'm a control freak. 
Mm-hmm. Do you feel that at yeah. all? I hate being out of control of myself. That's exactly me. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, girl, we got a lot in yeah. common, you know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you with your cancer yeah. tendencies. I'm a double cancer, I was telling you. What's your double? Like moon? Or like what's I don't know. Mean? I just somebody I told somebody like must they, mean your moon or they your quote ascending unquote is also did, Yeah, I think it's my moon. I'm I'm like cancer, and then I think my moon is cancer too. And yeah, apparently I'm Leo that's, cancer. That's pretty rare. I feel like it would be rare. Yeah, I'm like uh, apparently that means that I'm a cancer that strives even harder to be, to be more cancer ish. My friend Micah explained it really so well that, for me. That's like the, the whole, thing. Like you're a Leo, and if your moon is cancer, that means you're a Leo who strives to be like a cancer. So. Or like what it is, what what my friend it was it saying. He was saying like, okay, your sun sign. So like I'm a Leo. That's your ship. Okay, that's your that's who you are. And yeah. then the captain mm-hmm. is is the moon. So like cancer. So he's like steering the ship. Mm. And then the ascending is like who you want to become, and therefore who you do become because you strive uh, to become that. Maybe I got it back. But like that's then. just what one person told me. So I, I really. That's all right. I know about astrology. I don't put a lot. I'll tell you this. I don't think that I've talked about astrology a lot on this podcast. That's so, all I know. So, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to like delve into it a little bit and, and say that like I know a lot of people are probably cringing hearing that stuff and going like, oh my god, astrology. I don't put a lot of faith into it as far as like my day to day as far as uh, – I'm not logging onto the internet and reading my horoscope. You know what I mean? Like that shit, it doesn't do it for me. But what I will say is I dated a girl that was super into astrology shit and she was putting me up on game for it a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it, it, it was, she was like very into it. So I was like, oh wow, this is a lot of stuff that I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. And she was like telling me, okay, these are the types of people that you're compatible with. Oh gosh. R- r- right. And, um, that just messes you. But, but, but here's the thing is that I've noticed like with the, within the themology of my life, I look back on all my best friends that I've had. Mm-hmm. best friends and girlfriends or whatever and the ones that have been in my life forever they all are compatible signs like that and i was like well that, that's kind of weird that like and i find myself being instantly drawn to like the zodiac signs that, uh it's t- uh taurus virgo uh pisces and scorpio and leo those mm. are like the people that i'm supposed to get along with real real well and my my best friend is a taurus most of my girlfriends end up being Pisces. Like it's just a weird theme yeah. thing. Yeah, it's real crazy. Um, anyway, blah blah blah. I try. I don't. I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> I just made so many people cringe. That's fine. I don't care. All right. So now let's get to the part. This is like we did the we did like the. Uh, the movie preamble right when you started you're like it's that scene in a movie where they're like you got a gun to your head and you're like damn this all started three weeks ago let let me tell you the story so like now we'll get to the part where like you okay you're in vancouver you're in art school maybe you're graduating art school or whatever i don't know but like how does it get to the point where you're meeting father like how does how that's, that's just online yeah i just had like I've always, I've like you always heard been, Young Hot Ebony, or had you heard no, stuff no, no. before I that? I was in a band called Juice, so yeah. I was like making music. I was yeah. rapping, and I, I had one mixtape out. It's not out anymore. Um, I'm gonna re-release it sometime, but it was called Hit Me on the DM if you want the bootleg. I got it. No, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna release that sometime. But basically, Fat heard that that mixtape, yeah. and like uh, I think like. They heard that shit. Was it getting posted around places? Or like, how did he hear it? Is he just that deep yeah, in the internet? He's deep in the internet. Yeah. He's like a genius. Yeah. He gets deep. And uh, him, actually, I think uh, Dexter heard it. Or some someone heard it, something, and they bumped it all the time. And like, 
it's really weird because looking uh, back, like I just had no idea, but now it's interesting. Actually, it's not interesting. It's crazy how fat just like picks someone, brings them in, and they just happen to fit within this like slot. And it's like every, you you enter into this new collective where like everyone is kind of like-minded and fucking with each other and like but you all have your own lane like there's not another tommy and awful there's not another abra and awful there's not another keith and awful it's just like there's not another slug what what i will say after having talked to him is like beyond him just being a musician with a great ear for like i mean his music is great i love his music and and he's got a great ear for beats and he's got a great ear for catchy hooks every every one of his hooks is like an earworm yeah he's crazy he is so much i think part of that is just being a natural curator because in order to to make beats and pick the beats that you sound great over you have to be a natural curator as well and Mm -hmm. so i'm sure he he recognized that inherently of like i hear this music and i just know that this girl is going to fit in with the rest of the clique you know what i, I mean, mean i'm happy he did because yeah. he really put me on like i i didn't i wasn't looking for it and then it was like oh, okay yeah like i fit here and so and how that's does, really nice how does that go he just like hits you up like hey we've been bumping your shit and we want to meet you he was hitting me up um and i wasn't really making music because i was going through some other shit and then I tried to send him this one thing for his little Diddy album, so like, a, a like kind of way back then, and uh, I was like recording in. I didn't have anything to record with. I was just like, I was actually like running a gallery when I was like young, and I was like, I remember the day I was like painting a wall, like, and he was like, send me, send me something, and I was like, okay, and I recorded like an acapella, and then he ended up just using the beginning of that acapella where I was like, forgive me father for my late ass tracks. And then I went on to the track and then he used that as a, like a, a drop. Right. Cause I like, I was recording. Like, that's his, if young Metro don't trust you. Yeah, yeah. That's me. So that's me. Like when we first like linked and then we kind of just kept in touch and, um, it, it happened really organically. Like that's kind of how things happen in my life. I don't really push for them. If they happen, they happen. What brought him up to Vancouver? Did he have a show or something? He had a show. Yeah. yeah. And then I was out there. So I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you guys just linked up and made some music. Mm-hmm. The rest is history. <laughs> uh, I feel like if you guys are interested in the rest of the, how Tommy and awful linked story, she's told it on a dozen different interviews. So we don't really have, have to delve yeah. too much into that. I can hear myself like saying the same yeah, things. I know. Too, I, could, I know. And so that was the thing is like, as soon as we jumped in the interview, I'm yeah, like, Oh, like, she's going into standard interview mode right well, now. Well, It's just like things that I, uh, I get it. Yeah. You, have, you have to do press and you have a story that's I been really hate that. I have a standard interview mode. Cause like, it's like, it's not even like, it's, I'm not like trying to like pull into the same story to, to say it out a, well, the, problem the same is, way, but you just like, yeah, I'm, pro- a hu- I'm the, human. The problem is, is that like journalists, I think a lot of journalists, they don't experience the ever the artist side of things. And so mm-hmm. you get the same fucking questions. Oh, so how did you meet father? Because yeah. father's the fucking SEO. You know what I mean? Tell me about awful records. What like, you know what I mean? Which I like, don't mind. Doing, yeah, no, totally. But, but it's I'm, just like, you, you know, I become a boring person yeah, just cause yeah, I'm like, mm. what are your influences? It's, yeah. it's like, that's why I like doing these long forms, uh, mm-hmm. because you can kind of like get into some more shit and, and sometimes you have to fall back onto those shitty questions. But most yeah. of the time we dig, a, we, we try to dig a little deeper. Before we go, I do want to ask you like a few questions just mm-hmm. kind of about, of course. Uh, and 
I'm, I don't want to word them uh, as like, what's it like being a woman in the music industry? But mine is my angle with this is more uh-huh. kind of like, what's it like being out there on social media uh-huh. as a woman that raps? Because I have a lot of uh, I have like a lot of um, friend girls that are like out here on the internet with yeah. a lot of followers and they're they're like dms are just inundated with like dick pics and shitty shit yeah, and yeah. men being be like fucking that. assholes and so i'm just curious with you mm-hmm. um the the fact that like I, I think a lot of your imagery could be deemed provocative mm-hmm. wh- wh- and uh, and I, whether it's intentional or not and a woman's body shouldn't be uh, sexual until she wants it to be sexual but mm-hmm. I feel like maybe per- uh, a lot of men on the internet take that as an invite to be uh, too forward perhaps is is that something that you experience? Yeah, I mean I don't open my DMs. Oh, well, that, that, I just don't that care. Helps. Well, even on Instagram, can and- people just like DM randomly? Yeah, but I, I don't look oh, at them. Oh, you just don't even look at them. If, the, if the, like, my friend's like, yo, I DM'd you, I'll look. And I'll be like, oh, cool. Great. And like the, the – or like um, like on Twitter, I'll open – Twitter is more chill. And like you can see like the name. And like I'm like, oh, if I know that person, I'll open it. Otherwise, I, don't, I just don't even look. Yeah. Have you had to deal with any um, outstanding chauvinism in the industry without naming names? Unless uh, you want to name names. You know what? Like it, no, it's – I know that – I almost feel like oh I should should have <laughs> I should deal with this. Right. But I don't I don't know if it's because once someone actually talks to me in real life, it just the conversation doesn't go there. Right. But I don't I don't really I have to deal with more shit just walking down the street. Like when people don't know who I am. That's the shit that fucking bothers me daily. Right. Is like strangers. Yeah. Like online, um, I don't, I, don't, I just don't really get I'm not sensitive, so if you comment something, I just delete it. Right. I don't really like to have banter about it. I'm not. I'm not interested in kind of like delving into that. I don't get hurt. Right. So I'm. I'm really like. I don't. You got thick I don't skin. Know. I don't. Yeah. I don't feel any type of way ever. And I think that maybe that's like the kind of like the tomboy in me. But I just don't ever feel. I, or if I if it happens to me, I just don't care. Right. So right. I don't remember it. You totally. know what I mean? Totally, totally. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And I also like if I'm in Atlanta, like I have like ten guys with me all the time. You totally. know, you're not gonna say anything. Right. If I'm in LA, I keep really good people around me. Yeah. I'm smart. Like I don't go I don't go into places where and, and online like Well that's but see I just, that I even just that don't to remember me, it or I ignore it. And this is more of a like a uh, recent realization. I mean I've been so ignorant to it i guess but like just the fact that you have to say oh i don't go places that could be threatening like that's something that you got to understand mm-hmm. like someone that looks like me never has to work i don't ever walk someplace where i'm like oh this is a threatening place yeah. because there are much better targets to pick on than someone <laughs> that's a fucking 230 pound six foot bald man you know what i mean like mm-hmm. I, I and so as a woman it's like that's something that you have to think about of like mm-hmm. oh i shouldn't walk down this way oh, because yeah. perhaps i don't some, walk anywhere you know what i mean like that's that's some bullshit like you shouldn't have to feel that way but i think your question where like in the industry like yeah. if there is things said about me or you know nobody says it to my face and like i don't go looking for it on the internet totally i don't go through my comments i don't know what's in the comments that's good yeah i just Th- those will drive you crazy comments d- are the worst i just really have no uh, i have no interest or desire or i don't care right. and like i get so much love too and like i love my fans or i don't even want to call them fans i love the people that fuck with me i'm humbled by the fact right. that they like my art so it's right. like you know you could you could 
say some shit to me, but I, I, I'm going to just like turn this way and leave you right. talking to yourself because I have all this love over here. Yeah, that's a good attitude, man. There's no reason to dwell on the shit. I literally don't remember any. I'm trying to like, yeah. I just always wonder about that uh, because, like, I mean, you know, being a fucking bridge troll like me, I never had to worry <laughs> about sexual harassment within the music industry. You know what I mean? Like, and I've always, I wonder as a female artist I mean, if, if people, okay, if people you know are what? scummy that way, particularly people after are, hearing shit about like Kesha, like Kesha situation okay, or yeah, whatever. Actually, on that tip, yeah. uh, daily, I mean, I think girls, guys try to try with girls all the time, but you just got to be. I'm very blunt. I'm just like, you know, you like no. No means I will no. stab you. Yeah, I will. I will cut you. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, I'm never alone. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I would never like put myself in a situation where I'm alone. Right. So I usually have like someone with me, and they're just like, yeah. they're like, "Bitch, you don't know who this is." No, they're just like, no. Kidding. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, so yeah, totally. Um, well, cool. I think we got a lot done. Is there anything you ever, is there anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> what i don't know i just laugh how do you feel about this i thought it was pretty good yeah it's good I've, i'm really like shy about i think I, i'm shy about, i think you're full of shit about being shy no, no, you're no, wait, very wait. talkative i'm uh, yo i'm not shy i'm just like i don't talk about i never talk about family stuff really because i, I don't uh, to me it's not it doesn't really gra- hmm. i know i find it so interesting yeah. because i you know i because I just think like my family is so fascinating that I bet that everyone's family is pretty fascinating. That's what I'm saying. I feel like there are way more fascinating families well, you, than my own. But no, this but is your, my story. Your, so. But your story is one of the most interesting family stories we've heard. Really? I, I think. Yeah. Because. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like you have two very distinct cultures that you come from and the, and the, the conflict mm-hmm. between the two or not even conflict, but just like, you know, the kind of give and take between the two, the the uh, the tug of war. Um, I thought your family story was very I think what's cool about uh, being a mixed kid is that you really have like a new, you really are like a new culture at the end of the day. Yeah, totally. But like, that's like, there's anyone. a whole generation of like mixed kids that, that are going through that. This is the first time probably in history that like everyone's having this kind of like, what is I my identity so type thing? Yeah, absolutely. It's so hard to like be racist. I, I really hope that one day. You know, we just... I just hope eventually... We just mix everything up. Let's just mix that shit up. Everyone's woke one day, you know? Hopefully everyone is just woke. Um, But yeah, no, I I think this is good. Because we were were worried beforehand that we had been talking for an hour and we're going to run out of shit to talk about. Yeah, we didn't. Not the case. Yeah. Didn't happen. Although the shit we were talking about before would have gone viral. If that shit was, that was... Those were hot takes. If that shit was public. So the funny thing is, is that usually... If if ever um, artists management or whomever their PR are kind of like they 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 are protective of their artists, so they question mm-hmm. the interviewing, like what's the interview like? And I'm like, it's anti gossip. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah. I, don't, I try to never get into gossipy shit on well, this. Well, it wasn't gossip. We it was We were just. It was just like yeah, intimate. It, it was out there, um, and so yeah, that's the kind of shit where I'm like, oh, don't worry, we're not going to talk about any yeah, of that yeah, kind of yeah. shit. I mean, one day we can do it. Um, I guess we should we should probably talk a little bit about your music before we dip out, though. So, World Vision one, or World Vision, World Vision is dope. It's kind of it's almost like uh, it's like world. It's kind of worldy. Thank you. It's a little like it's like it's definitively rap, but it's got a little bit of like dance music mixed in. I don't want to say EDM, but it's got some dance music, but it's also kind of worldly. Mm -hmm. And how how heavy handed are you in the production process, or is a lot of that like mm. you just hand over the vokes and the and the no, producers no, no, kind of no. mold it into something? Yeah, no, no, no. 
Or I don't I don't do I don't hand over. Well whoever did it, they did a good job of like really uh turning the ideas into these really big songs, you know? Yeah, I mean there was a there was definitely like two people, um like Andy Shea and uh this producer God Mode six six six. Like like there's certain tracks where I made myself, like Hey Demon I made the beat for, yeah. uh Angelina's father's beat, uh Hair Like Water, I made the beat. Um, Eden, I made the beat. And then Execute and Shepard are like this God Mode 666. I feel like he brought kind of like the dancey. Yeah, Execute is – that's a big song. Yeah. Like that, that – like not even just numbers-wise. That's just like when you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is like a big song. Yeah, it goes bigger. Yeah. And then uh, I'm trying to think. So, yeah. So, like it, the project really – what like like i me and and andy and everyone kind of like mixed it together it was kind of like our baby yeah um but yeah we were sitting in the studio like i don't send stuff out yeah just because like i i could it's it's weird when like you can engineer too so you know when you send it out and you get it back and you you're it like it doesn't sound how you wanted it to sound mm-hmm. but then i've met people since world vision uh like this homie i'm working with now west period who mm-hmm. like he can do things that I couldn't even dream of doing, right? right? So it's like, for me, I, I actually just handed him the single that I'm about to release to finish mixing because I, I trust his taste. Right. So like I, now I do that. But like then when I was kind of just like I didn't know anybody, yeah. it's like, well, I'm really going to put my you hand in the pot. you got to find that team, and, that and brain trust. Yeah, so. Uh, well, so you're working on World Vision 2 now. Mm-hmm. So. Go ahead. I was going to say, that one that one's almost done. It's kind of just like I'm getting it to the point where i'm happy with it and i gotta just like tie up some loose ends yeah so i'm I'm gonna release that before i go on tour um because you're going out on the road with father well i'm going out with father yeah Yeah, and then i go to europe and then you go to europe are you going to europe by yourself Uh uh-huh wow i'm a a dj my own set and just go by myself nice that'll be dope you're going like literally by yourself i'll have a tour manager once i get there yeah but yeah that's dope man um all right well fuck man uh where can the people find you online uh my website is tommygenesis.com my instagram is tommygenesis it's like spelled tommy like t-o-m-m-y genesis like the bible because my parents named me that after the bible that's a dope name i've never met anybody named genesis yeah that's my real name so people call you jenny i mean yeah Okay, I was just curious. I'm sorry. Don't no, no, ref- no. Don't, don't go up to a Republican and call her Jenny, motherfucker. Call- I, won't, I like I. It's funny because Genesis is such a long name that as a kid, like it's a mouthful, so people do call you Jenny or like yeah, Jenner. Right. But I was, I would never like. I would have called you sis. Yeah, sis. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that one guy. Honestly, her name uh, has strong enough SEO where you can just Google Tommy Genesis and you'll be able to find her Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because I did all that today, so I know. That's uh, cute. Yes, uh, was it cute? No, it was just like necessary. I was like, okay, I gotta like do it. I don't want to come in fully ignorant, but uh, yeah. So Google Tommy Genesis World Vision. The album is available on YouTube. You can just press play on YouTube and listen to all that. So, mm. but it's available everywhere. I'm sure iTunes and yada yada. Yada, peep that. Look for World Vision Two coming soon. Yeah, there's some Very videos soon. on YouTube too. There's Execute, yeah, Hair Like a Water, great video. Hair Like video. Water. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and you will find her. Okay, so that being said, this is the part where I do my spiel. Don't forget, we're doing a Patreon drive. Uh, thank you guys, uh, all of you that have supported so far. We appreciate it. We are taking uh, pledges. 
per episode. So if you go there and pledge like a dollar or two bucks per episode, it helps us pay the rent around here. And that is much appreciated. Uh, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me at It's Intuition. Uh, you can follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shim, making the shit sound buttery at I am database base of two S's. Kind of neat.net is where everything is wrapped up in a pretty package. You can find us on youtube.com slash kind of neat where you're going to see uh, Tommy Genesis perform. Which song you think a, you're going to do? You do um, A or B? I don't know. We'll figure it out. So you're going to see Tommy Genesis on kind of neat dot or kind of neat performing. Uh, don't forget to go to uh the app store download the podcast app search for kind of neat and subscribe that's the easiest way to listen to the podcast every week we put one out it'll just pop up on your fucking phone it's mad simple and then if you do that remember to give a five-star rating leave a review tell us who you want to see on the show blah 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 that's enough my name is lee that was tommy genesis Bye. and this was kind of neat Bye.